you know, God says, don't touch his anointed and do his prophets no harm. And, you know, you were talking about that impartation that, that I'm special. Everybody's special to God. Everybody. I just needed to hear it. Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor. We've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Hello and welcome to Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm Wendy Pett. I'm Todd Isburner. And we are so happy to be here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just as a reminder, this podcast is part of the Spark Media Network and it can now be found on the Edify app, Pray.com and KHCB Uplifted Streaming. So we hope you are listening in your favorite place today. We're so excited about today's guest Mm -hmm. and especially the way God arranged this. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because... uh, the most recent podcast we did. Yeah. Episode 88, Oz Hillman. Hillman And uh, also, yeah, I always say Oz, but I'm sure he gets that, but it's Oz. Anyway, so it's episode 88. So you'll have to go check that out. But a great uh, story. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I just like to hang with him for a while. Let it run. Seriously? I know. So we're in the middle of the interview. And someone who hangs with him a lot, his (laughs) wife, just like- Busting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it was awesome. Yeah. And he's like, you get, you got to check out my, my wife, Pamela, yeah. she's got an incredible story and oh my goodness, what a divine appointment. So you guys, so uh, we invited her. come on, let's, let's talk about your story and yeah. see what God wants to communicate through you today. Yeah. So we are just excited because she's going to bless your socks off. Yeah. We've, as we've gotten to know a little bit more about her story, mm-hmm. uh, we're very aware that while you haven't experienced what she's about to tell you, there are certain elements of what she's gone through that you're going to be able to relate to. Yeah. Things like, um, gosh, just breaking through and busting through certain, uh, quote unquote addictions that you may have that God really does have a purpose and a plan for your life. And he'll go, he's a way maker. He'll, 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 he will make a way when we get out of the way. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, he will. If we will get out of the way. You know, there, there, even though she's literally physically spent time in prison, mm-hmm. there's every single one of us having an experience of something that we feel has imprisoned us. And we need a breakthrough on that. And when you when you hear how Pam's relationship with the Lord has developed, you're going to find that no matter what you feel like you put yourself in prison for, God has a way of breaking you free. Yes. And, uh, yes. and along with a whole bunch of other great things we're going to find out. A whole bunch of other things. So welcome to your biggest breakthrough Pamela Hillman. I should say chaplain, Pamela Hillman. <laughs> Reverend too. Yes. Yes. Welcome. Yes, thank you guys. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I have to clarify one thing. I no longer go by Pam. My new nature name is Pamela. I Pamela. love it. Pamela. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. We go with Pamela. Pamela. What, does the, what does Pamela mean? Do you know the biblical meaning? Sweet honey. Sweet honey. Come on. Oh. So when you're running around the house, is that would ask us, hey, sweet honey. Probably. <laughs> you know, he doesn't call me that. He calls uh, me honey, not okay. sweet honey. <laughs> I talk to him about that. No. You do. You do. <laughs> well, Pamela, you have such um, a God story. Like, mm. 
it is so um, amazing how how God has set you free on so many levels. And so I want us to, and you do, you as you lift your hands, as I just said, that you do give him all the glory through your story. And so I want us to start from the beginning because that's really kind of where it all started um, and what you've been through. And I know someone listening may not have um, gone through all the things that you have, but I know your story will resonate with them on some level or another. So um, let's let's go back to your early childhood and kind of paint the picture of of where you are today, how you finally get th- get there. So, so there are a lot of people out there. They don't want to talk about their childhood wounds. They don't want to talk about things that happened to them. They just, as my grandmother said, just. Forget it happened, sweep it under the rug, let it go. And so many people actually do that. And it brings so much harm and it just brings layer upon layer of core belief systems. And so what happened with me is I was molested by three different men starting at the age of uh, six, actually. Mm -hmm. And the first was my dad, but I'm not going to get into the to the in-depth stories of it. Um, you know, molestation can be touching. It's not necessarily, you know, the full. That in itself was enough to keep me trapped in the bedroom. For time's sake, I'm not going to go into the details of of what. We, I'll just tell you this bit. But it had to do with a puppy that I found in the yard, and I brought it and tied it up in the back. And we lived in a really nice apartment. And as uh, 700 Club really depicted our story. My story is really bad. I was married three times before I was 20. I was not. I've been married three times in my life. <laughs> and my mother did not give me the joint. It was a stepdad who gave me the joint after my I'm sister. glad you're and clarifying yeah, all this. You know? I, I really want to. This Good. really bothered me. The Good. Redeem Club this. really depicted this really bad. Yeah. And uh, my mother, she was a Playboy bunny. She did we we used to put her little bunny suits on and her ears and her little fluff tail and high heels and walk around the house. Like, you know, we were bunnies and sat on Hugh Hefner's lap. And I thought it was going to be a bunny. I thought mm. it was going to do what my mom did. I thought that was mm. prestigious. She won awards. She won pretty legs and, you know, all these for like three years. And, and so we were always in the middle of this and, but I had a praying grandmother. Mm-hmm. I had the most wonderful praying grandmother who instilled Jesus in me as a child. Mm-hmm. I remember this jolly old big guy coming to her house. She played in the piano. She played piano for the church 65 years. And so she was always cooking for them after church. Well, this one lays hands on me and he says, this one, you're special. She's going to do great things for God one day. You're five years old. You don't know what that means. This jolly old big guy may have not even been so big because I was so little. <laughs> but You know what? It's interesting. Even though you were age five, you remember that you could recall that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was really a God moment, wasn't it? Even though have- you didn't recognize it then. I'm wondering, were you able to draw back on that? Uh, you know, as, as, as the years progressed, you got in all these different kinds of things. I am right now with chills all over my body mm. <clears throat> because of the reenactment of it, going back mm. to that place. And, and I know it was an impartation. I know it was. However, it was word. a proclamation. It was a declaration because I heard it. I would be in yeah. all of these destructive places with the wrong people always tied to a guy. I was always looking for that father figure. My mom threw my dad out. So I I thought it was my fault. All these four beliefs were just building up. I'm not loved. I'm not believed. I'm not, 
good enough. I was always told once I go on drugs, you know, you're not going to amount to anything. You're not good. You know, just all kinds of core belief systems were built upon, built upon. That's what happens in childhood. People have no idea this is happening to them. So we've got to get to the core beliefs and, and get to the, I am nots. I am, I, I should, I, I don't. All of these are negative faulty belief systems that are within us that we have to delve deep into. And you know, it's a very harm, it hurtful. It's a very hurtful um, feeling to go back to the place of woundedness. But we have to go back there to yeah. become fully free. You have to visit that place of woundedness, the trauma, the place of trauma. I, going back to you talking about your mom dressing up as a Playboy bunny because she was one, and and you were dressing up with her. Uh, now was she? married to your father at the time? I mean, that's not a normal. This was after the divorce. I mean, you know, quote unquote, that's not a normal upbringing for a child to be with a mom was a single mother. Right. Right. So I, right. So I really want to touch on that too, because um, that's another side of the story that is um, maybe speaking to somebody, you know, because there's a lot of single moms out there that may be going to great lengths trying to provide for their children mm. and the impact that that could make. And and while you may not, uh, you know, you're in a different place now, but I'm sure that was a part of um, the direction you went as well, because you saw your mom. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. You know, and I, Pamela, I'm wondering too, um, you know, you, you had a lot of self-talk going on during those very vulnerable years about how you weren't worthy and your relationship with man and you had, you're carrying this shame and everything. And I just, it just kind of hit me like um, there are people around us who are still to this day experiencing those kinds of things, but the power of the tongue can change it. I was thinking, yeah. wow, what if, what if Pamela had around her people who were just speaking life yeah. to counterbalance all those negative things that were going through your head? Think of the power that we have to do that for others. Yes. I'm so glad you said that because I'm going to be getting into that shortly. And that's, this is the power of my word. It's a declaration book. So, and the Holy Spirit led me to that while I was in prison. So I'll, I'll get through this part, but thank you yes. so much, Wendy, for talking about single mothers. Yeah. Yes. So I was one for eight years. Like I get, like, I remember, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not my story, but I won't talk about that. And but she yes. was for years. She was. And right. until she met my stepdad and he's mm. the one who introduced her, introduced, well, my sister, she's 11 months older and I was always following her and she was hanging with older kids and they smoked pot. So she introduced it to me and she was stealing it out of the, um, the hippie guy my mom was dating at the time, his car. And then he found out and then he went to mom and she was devastated, totally devastated that, you know, you're smoking pot. She's in love with this guy by this point. And she didn't even know he was smoking pot. And he convinced her right there in the living room. I can, I can see it today Mm. to take that one toke Mm. off a joint and it became a family affair. She started giggling. She started saying how hungry and laughing and, you know, and, and then it was okay. It was like accepted. And so we did camping trips every other weekend or so, and it was always pot. And then he introduced other drugs. He said, it's ever want anything, don't go on the street and get it. Come to me. Wow. What an oxymoron there, right? Yes. Yes. And how old were you? How, how old were you? I was, I was nine to 11. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So this is just kind of like normal. This is like normal part of the family life you were involved in. 
exactly. Yeah. And then when your friends are saying, oh man, I wish my, my mom and dad was that cool. You know, then you're, you, you got it, you know? So uh, it's, it's this, you are a product of your environment. I didn't know there was anything different. Sure. I didn't know, you know, yeah. until we're placed in, in another environment, we just don't know what's right or wrong. Yeah. You don't <laughs> you know, know what you don't, you don't know. know. Right. So fast forward, do you have a question? Well, I was just going to say, I start to speak, but I, I don't want to interrupt you either. But um, yeah, I just wanted to make the statement of how a lot of people dismiss um, marijuana, right? And I know there are some medical purposes for for medical, you know, medical marijuana, and that's in a different light. But it can open the door to the it's next a gateway. Thing. It's a gateway, exactly, exactly. So I want you to talk about that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I don't care how they rationalize it, how they justify it. No, eventually it is going to open the door because it's not enough. It takes more no, to get no. high. It takes more and then you, you may have a beer with it and then it brings on another high and then the THC that's from the derivative of pot, then that, that was the next drug that I got into Right, was the THC and then it was the cocaine and then I was addicted to cocaine for 35 years, wow. 35 years, 35 years wow. and alcohol. Yeah. Wow. And my liver failed three times. I was on the critical ward once with a dying patients for 10 days with my liver yellow, completely yellow. And they said, I said, you know, can you give me another liver? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. isn't that the normal response? I need another one. I'd like to order another one, please. So, so Pamela, when you're, <laughs> when you're on drugs for 35 years, the first thing that comes to people's minds is, oh my gosh, she was living on the street and she was just like a bum and all this and that, but you weren't. No. I mean, you, you, you had some, somewhat of a different life. All those years you were on drugs. Talk about that. Well, I was being programmed. I had a godfather that came into the picture. He, he was you know, friends with the, the family, had been with all my mom's sisters, which are eight, the next layer mm. going to me and the cousins. So um, he would bring furs and diamonds and, and food. I mean, we never did without anything and bags of money. I'm, I'm nine years old when he started doing this. And then when my mom got with the hippie guy, he, he stopped. Um, he actually started trying things with me at 12 years old after the hippie guy's gone. He just, he took me, I mean, he knew all the big golf players, all the, mm. he knew Elvis Presley introduced us to him. I mean, he knew, he knew big people, he knew governors and we would have um, Christmas and Thanksgiving dinner with the judge or judge in Atlanta. And just, you know, if we ever got in any trouble, the judge actually paid for my law school. I was going to go to law school and, but he was he was preparing me completely grooming full on grooming programming completely mm-hmm. programming that i was his i was completely his um then you know if another i got a boyfriend you know then it was he would back off but then he would always put the negative and, and cause the some kind of separation but he was bringing sacks big sacks of quaaludes at 12 and 13 years old to the house oh. for us to sell to sell and pot. Yeah. So it, it was just, you know, it was, it was you, a destructive just, upbringing. I didn't know anything different. 
and, and you're, you you're a miracle is what you are. You, you, you if you only are. knew how many times, yeah. how many destructions. <laughs> well, and that, that declaration prophecy from the, the oversized pastor who spoke that on you, uh, <laughs> I mean, just, you know, that was, un, that was undeniable. But I, what strikes me, Pamela, is that, um, again, you're not dealing with down and outers here. The, 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 right. the person and people who are around you and grooming you, all of this seemed to make sense. And you can see the devil luring you into a place that mm-hmm. seemed really cool. You're hanging out with cool people. You've got special rights and privileges. Mm-hmm. You're not down and out on a street corner somewhere living in a cardboard box. So even greater is the deception for all of us. That's if we're right. not careful, the, the devil knows how to get our attention that's and right. to get us imprisoned without ever knowing it. And that's where you ended up. And how to program. Yes. He's all about programming. Yes. And and that was, I knew Jesus through all this time. I would pray. I mean, it, even as a, even when this bow Godfather guy was in the picture, you know, I was saying, God, get him away from me. You know, and I, I would say prayers, just maybe off throat prayer, but it was a prayer to me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But this is the thing I would, um, in between when I would get with a guy and, and get in these, uh, bad relationships, there was one, uh, I did get married at 15 years old and that was to basically get away from the house. Mm-hmm. And because I was so independent and, you know, she couldn't tell me what to do anymore. And, uh, she actually signed for me to get married to him because you can't unless, so, you know, we just had that really a lot of conflict. This guy took me off to another state. He tied me up. He choked me, raped me, ran me over, did ungodly things to me. And I knew him for years. He was like a big brother. Mom actually left him to watch us when she, you know, work until two in the morning. And he never tried anything. He never did anything. He was a big brother. So I trusted him. Wow. And then when he, he would get on the crown royal, total monster. Mm-hmm. Total monster. And if we were in a store, the guy looked at me, he would slap me. And it was my wow. fault. It was horrible. Wow. So I finally escaped that. And, but I kept hearing scripture. I kept hearing my grandmother's voice. Wow. I did. I knew there was hope. And, and then um, I would get in these bad relationships. I was always looking for a savior. Savior. Yeah. Yeah always, you know, somebody to deliver me. I was always telling these victim stories. I was always the woe is me person, you know, and crying and I need help. And so you know, there's so many people out there that live in that place. All the time. They have that wound that is still open. It's like a, it's, they have a bandaid over it. They may be married. They may be in a great corporate job. Everything may look wonderful. But when somebody comes along and they scrape that Band-Aid off, underneath there is a scab that is so infected and that poison just oozes out all over everybody around them. Yes. This is the analogy that God Very showed. Very toxic. That, no, you're right. Yeah, that people do. And um, so we have to get to the core issue. We have to get to the root Yes. And like Jesus says, lay the root at the axe, lay the axe at the root <laughs> mm-hmm. and lay the root. There you, yeah, go. there you go. Pull that so, root out. <laughs> pull it out. Pull it out. So here's the deal, Pamela. You, you were actually um, imprisoned um, for quite a while and it was due to 18 months. Okay. 
Um, but it was a five-year sentence, correct? It was actually going to be a 20-year sentence because wow. I had been locked up previously in jail so many times. And, and they finally oh. said, you know what? We need to make an example of you. This is the same charge, uh, cocaine or crack. And I never got a DUI. I, I just don't know how that happened. Thank you, God, for your grace and mercy on other people yes. Yes. that I never hurt anybody. So, you know, I'm so thankful for that. When they said 20 years, I was like, oh, my gosh, the, the whole story. I, I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Because <laughs> that is such an amazing thing that God did, allowing me to make the decision to go to prison. Yes. I made the decision. Really? Mm. And, and I'll tell you how that happened. Yeah. If we, I got to tell you a few stories in between till I got to that, if that's good. okay. Oh, please. Yes. We're just awesome. being respectful of your time. Absolutely. Please share. No, I'm good. I'm at the beach. I'm good. <laughs> okay, girl. Then you got the stage. Go. Okay. okay. So, so uh, in the course of going with all, all these different guys that, you know, it, the different situations were always like a rescue, you know, like I was being rescued out of life, the horrible life wherever I was. And this, you know, there was always guy. So at one place I was living with a biker who, uh, he taught me how to build a car. I had my own car, but we had gotten into a big argument that day. We were having a party that night and he's on the other side of the wall. And his, apparently this is the story I was told. He was showing somebody his sort of shotgun on the other side of the wall and the shotgun was jammed. So he kept, you know, trying to get it unjammed. And when he did, it went off and it went through, it went down and came back up. And I was sitting in a chair across from that wall and the chair, I mean, I felt the vibration. It was a, you know, sawed off shotgun. And, and I felt these pellets go into this chair and I thought I was shot. The picture above me shattered. And so I'm, I'm like sitting there crying and this is the thing. The phone rang just before this, his daughter was sitting in that chair just before that we switched places. Wow. And, wow. and, and I, I just stood got chills up. on that one. Yeah. I stood up. She didn't know Jesus. They didn't know Jesus. Mm. When I stood up, all these pellets are falling and people are running over to us, to me. And they're, they're touching me and they're saying, where are you shot? Where are you shot? And I knew I'd been shot. I was just, I was crying. I was like, cause I felt the vibration, but not one bullet hit me. I started wow. falling and I said, my grandmother's praying for me right God's now. Protection. I know there was an angel in front of me. I know it. Amen. And I went and packed my bags and I got out of there and people were leaving. And I was like, I need a ride. <laughs> he wouldn't let me take my car. <laughs> wow. But yeah. Wow. So that was one of the stories. And then I, <clears throat> I had been in so many car accidents where somebody else was driving. One time I was driving and, and it rolled four times. I was holding the wheel saying, Jesus Every role, Jesus, Jesus, oh, I hydroplaned. I wasn't, you know, there was, I wasn't drunk, anything. It was just the roads were wet. There were people, there were cars everywhere. I didn't touch one car. Wow. And I know it was because Miraculous. I was like, Jesus, Jesus. Yes. And Jesus literally upside, took the wheel. <laughs> and I landed upside down in the emergency lane facing the right direction. And people wow. were stopping and they were like, you didn't hit a car. They said, wow. we, we, we just watched the whole thing. You didn't hit a car. I was like, I know. And I had one bruise on my shoulder. So oh, it was like, I know he's been with me. So I've been in houses where I heard, I know it was Jesus. I know it was that, that impartation in me, Holy Spirit. 
that said, get out. And people would say, oh, you're just paranoid. I, I, I got to go. Whatever it is, I got to go. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's paranoia of his Holy Spirit. I don't care. I got to get out of here. And yeah. the house would catch fire or somebody would OD or they would get busted. This happened repeatedly. Yeah. And then the Holy they, Spirit they started, was on the move. Man. And then they started saying, she's a narc. You know, she's always leaving the scene. And I was like, <laughs> Uh, got a Holy Spirit uh, narc in here. Yeah. That's too funny. Uh, so, you know, again, it just takes us back to when you were five years old and and the declaration spoken over you that God, you're going to be special. God's going to use you. And so I'm wondering, like, in all these incidents where there's near-death experience and there's little stints in prison and whatnot, didn't you stop once in a while and say, uh, I need to make some changes? Or like, like, how come it didn't seem like it was really taking? What What was preventing you from making a shift and going a different direction instead of repeating the same behaviors. Yeah. I was stuck upstairs in the bedroom when I brought the puppy home and I asked my dad, can I have the puppy, please? Can I, can I please have the puppy? He said he, he had been drinking. My mom and my sister were gone. And he said, come upstairs with me and I'll give you the puppy. I've gone upstairs with my dad and laid down. You know, I, that wasn't a big deal. So we're laying there and I feel this snake rubbing on me and mm. I start crying and he says, why are you crying? And I ran out of the room. I go down to my puppy and my puppy got loose. And, but I knew I could get what I wanted by going upstairs. I was stuck in that bedroom mm. all my life. Not all my life. At 26, I tried to commit suicide. I had, I had been married uh, three times by then. No, no, I'd been married. I didn't count the one when I was married at 15. I got that annulled once I escaped within six months and that got annulled. So I, I don't count that one. That was a bad mistake. But uh, but it's amazing. You know, God says, don't touch your anointed, his anointed and do his prophets no harm. And, you know, you were talking about that impartation that that I'm special. Everybody's special to God. Everybody. Oh, I just to needed that. to hear it. I just needed to hear that yeah. and receive it. So when, when was the moment, yes. Pamela, when was the moment that it really connected for you where the reality of who God called you to be was yeah. going to stick for good? Like the, like the that moment breakthrough, breakthrough moment. Was that, yeah. was that when you were in, in prison? When, when I was 21, I actually got with a cop and we lived together for five years and then we married and we were together for 10 years. And during that course, I would, I would stop using for a bit. I would go back and, you know, he, he knew it. And, and I went to treatment and, you know, then I thought everybody's trying to steal my son. And, you know, it was, it was all this, um, I was still a victim. I was still in that, mm -hmm. that bedroom. Nobody addressed the bedroom. Nobody ever took me back to the childhood wounds. And that's mm -hmm. why I'm really addressing this here. Everybody. Yeah. You know, to go back to that place, to ask Holy Spirit, to bring those things up because they direct the course of your mindset in business, in family, yes. in church, in every aspect of your life as your person. So we have to clean out the closet. You know, yes. we have yes. to get those old garments out, get the enemy's tactics. He's he's built all these layers of entanglements in our soul. And even though we have a new man, a new spirit man, and that's when, when that happened, I was 26 years old. You know, I knew Jesus, but I, I knew there was more and I was going to church, but 
it just wasn't enough. I needed, I needed instruction. Mm. I needed a teacher. I needed an accountability partner. I needed a mentor. I needed somebody to walk alongside me. Yes. And, and I didn't have that. So I went back, I went back to using, tried to commit suicide. I I had a lethal amount in the needle and was, you know, I just kept trying and I, and I couldn't get it. And I know I, I prayed, of course, before I did it, I was like, you know, please forgive me. I don't want to be doing this. You know that. And I just want to be out of here. I don't know how to cope with this. And, you know, whatever I said, but that I would think I would say something like that. And then I finally, I felt his presence in the room. It was in the bathroom. Yeah. I felt him and I just bawled like a baby. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I was, I was filled with him, with his liquid love. And I'm going to cry because mm-hmm. it is a liquid love. He fills us so beautifully with his presence. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I started praying in tongues and I started uh, just singing in the spirit. And, and I was clean for two years. The first mm-hmm. time ever I was clean. I, I got in seminary. I just got in, I was going to church five times a week. I was in different churches, Messianic Jewish church one night, um, uh, uh, Mount Perrin Church of God twice a week. And and then this other really charismatic. And anyway, I was trying to get all the food I could. could. And I know it was part of his preparation in me because he knew what was coming up. And then I would relapse. I would, I would get this guy friend. And there's so many stories. You'll, you'll get to read it in the book, the actual going into the spirit realm and seeing the spirit that was in one of the men and, and the horns popped up and the eyes blood red and, and the whole transformation into the, to the devil. It's in my book. (laughs) Before we uh, talk more about your book and what's in there, because I do want to get to that. Um, I want to go back to um, you being filled with the Holy Spirit and and yeah. recognizing his presence and his grace and his love and just just how beautiful that was and that you were set free for two years. And so I think there could be someone listening right now that mm-hmm. has been dealing with an addiction, whatever it is, even if it's uh, addicting to spending too much. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Gambling, gossip. I don't care. Sex. Something. Sex. Yeah. Thank you anything. And, um, they may be clean for a a little while, but then let's talk to the, when they, when they trip up, right? Because we are human, we are sinful by nature. So let's talk about the grace and how you, you know, we're able to maneuver through that time, because sometimes that can be a time that takes you all the way back and keeps you stuck there again. And so let's talk about that with you. That's the band-aid. Yes. That wound, you know, that I was talking about that, that just, you don't address it with it. But yeah, just going back to those childhood traumas, you've got to pull it out by the roots. And so I think someone really does need to hear that and and to take the time and and to know that you're worthy of going back and doing the work, the trauma uh, work and getting that healing you deserve. And that's one of the things that you really specialize in. Mm. Yes, exactly. And not just that, but don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to talk to somebody. Uh, I watched a video the other day on suicide, teen suicide, and it's so rampant. And it, and that's my next poll right now is, is that, and in the prison, it's just, oh my gosh, the stats are so high and they don't talk about that. They don't even mm. talk about what's going on. But anyway, um, so don't be afraid to talk to somebody. You've got to get yeah. an accountability partner that you can trust that, you know, they'll not say anything. It doesn't have to be a close friend. It can be, it can be somebody on zoom far away. 
Yes. You no, know? but you've got to get it out of your soul. And one thing I want to say is you, we are given a new spirit man when we accept Jesus. Everything he did on the cross, it's finished. When he said yes. it's finished, everything he did is done and we have it. So we have a new perfect man inside of us, new perfect spirit man, right? But our soul is all messed up still. It's our mind, emotions, our will, and all those core beliefs. So that's where we need to say, okay, soul, I give you permission, okay, to heal, to line up with my spirit man Mm -hmm. and to become whole. So a lot of people don't give themselves permission to heal. They, they're locked in that place. Really? So Pamela, you, you had, um, I mean, a major breakthrough when you were filled with the spirit back when you were 26, I think you said, mm-hmm. um, and then you've kept relapsing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Three now we, we, we look at you though now, and over you the last 10 know. years, you've built these phenomenal ministries. You've got an incredible prison ministry. You've got curriculum, all this stuff that is literally changing people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't just happen overnight, but 10 years is not a very long period of time. So what was the sort of the catalyst that got all that started? What, what okay. took root in you that was different that launched all of this? I have to take you back to this this big house that I lived in. I I was in prostitution. I actually had some other people that worked. It's another. You've always been an entrepreneur. Yeah. (laughs) And I sold drugs, but I had other people doing it for me, so it Mm -hmm. wasn't you know nobody was allowed to come to my house except maybe five people. And I did have people that I I helped. I I had a part to help people even then. And I would allow them to live at my home, but they had to work. They had to either cook, they had to be the driver, or they had to, you know, be the cleaning person. Or, you know, I had these people that I helped, but they had to, you know, earn it too. So, and I would provide the drugs because I had them. But anyway, so this particular point, I'm living in this big home, got a Hummer and these other two vehicles in the drive and, and lots of money and everything. And I was so miserable, y'all. I was just the worst. I, I I was empty inside. I would be in my room just crying with a crack pipe next to me, with a drink, with a beer. And I would have the Bible open in my lap. I would be watching TBN and Sid Roth and, and every preacher I could. And when people came in, they would say, how can you be watching that? When you're using, and I said, because if I'm not watching that, when I, when I'm using, I'm always using. So that means I'm never going to be watching that. That is the only thing that's going to get me out of this, and I know it. You had a desire. You had a desire back then to get out, even though you didn't know this how. Was, yeah, this was this was 12 years ago, and and I said uh, February 24th. <laughs> I can tell you that, and and I said something's going to happen. I felt it in my spirit. I was very attuned to the spirit. I could just anywhere I went, I could tell you what something was about to happen. And, and I said, something is going to happen in the next two weeks. And I was praying. I said, God, put me in jail, put me in an institution, take me home, get me out of this. I don't want this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I was sincerely just crying out. I'm done, Lord. I don't want this anymore. I don't know how you've got to help me. It was Two weeks later, 
Wow. I am going, I've got my driver driving me to go get some drugs. And I felt something in the spirit in this, in this area. And I said, no, don't stop. I said, I feel this isn't right. And so we drove around the block, came back and I said, I just don't, don't think so. And, and I said, I'm going to run in really fast. And I'll be yeah. right back. Doesn't matter. I mean, really, <laughs> you know, and so I did that. We hit the road and we're, we're going. And I said, mm, we're being followed. And he's like, you're paranoid. You're just paranoid. I said, no, we, we are being followed. And, and I saw this car and then I saw another car and then and I'm in the back and I'm looking through the, or no, I'm in the front seat and I'm looking at the side view mirror and through the little visor mirror. And I said, you know, I see them. And sure enough, we're about 10 miles up the road and the light goes on the dash and this one and this one and this one. And we're surrounded. And they're like, what are you doing at that house? And I said, well, they babysat for me. I told a big lie, you know, and they searched me and didn't find anything. And I'm in the back seat. I had a violation of probation. This is very key here. This is key. This whole point is the the catalyst into my my now story. Okay. So I'm in the back seat. I don't know how I did it. I'm cuffed and I get, uh, get the drugs out of my bra and stuff it in the back of the, the police car. We get to the police station. I, I go to the bathroom and mind you, I'm, I'm begging him to get me out of this, right? Uh, in the bedroom, my own bedroom. And then I'm in the bathroom and I hear him. And he says, I thought you wanted to get out of this. I thought you wanted out of this is his exact words. And I said, I do. I, I want this to be done. He said, tell him about the drugs in the back seat." Oh, my word. Mm-hmm. I said, I can't do that. I'll go to prison. Now, mind you, I only have a violation of probation. I might go to jail for a few months, but that's nothing. I've been to jail many times. I, I'm like, I can't do that. I'm going to go, you know, and, and, and I already knew I would go for a long time. And so it was my choice. I didn't hear yeah. any more from him. He didn't speak anything else to me. It was my decision from there. So I want to make this very, very pointful to everybody. You have a decision every single day. Your choices, what you do in that moment are very key. So I made the decision. I want this over. I got chills through my body right now. And I went out there, I was crying. And I said, I have to tell you something. I put drugs in the back of the car. And he blew up this red face, you stupid and and you're gonna go for 20 years. You're gonna go to prison, is what he said. And I said, I already know, but I wanted it over. I wanted it to be over so bad. It didn't matter my next phase. I just wanted out of it. So we went and found the drugs, came back in, booked me and gave me a new charge and all this. Sure enough. Went before the courts. They wanted to give me 20 years. And I got this really good attorney, got me five to do three. And on three, you're due, you do a third of that. So I did 18 months. You you don't really know exactly when, because you could do the whole due. <laughs> I think what's beautiful about this, Pamela, is, is the fact that God gave you the opportunity to make the choice. Yeah. And it is our choice to be obedient or not, and to, and to become more like Christ-like character. Um, and that was a test. It was a test and you passed. Big one. <laughs> yeah. And so that well, was, was a, what a turning point experience yeah, that was. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so since then, I mean, you are, he, he just has continually given you favor and unlocked doors that no man could ever open. And I believe that that's the power again of walking in his obedience 
and and moving forward when it doesn't feel right or, or comfortable and it's hard, but God will honor that. And he has honored that so much in your life. And because of that, you're you're helping others be set free and have their own breakthroughs. And so hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and so with that, too, I have to say, um, you know, I'm curious how um, you and and us have have met and become husband and wife. I don't know how long y'all have been married, but I know there's a beautiful story there. Um, I have never heard it, but I just can anticipate it being a beautiful story. Do you want to share? I I do want to share that, but but can I tell you the how it how I got to that point? Yes. How, in yes. prison, how it all happened Please. because that was the key. I was mm. I was you know kicking and screaming, going in, wanting treatment and all that, but I finally surrendered. Surrender yes. is key to whatever your will is, Father. That's that should be our statement in life yeah. is whatever you will for my life. Absolutely. So my that. It was, it was purposed for me to go to prison. That was my refuge, place of refuge to come back to him, to be equipped. He spoke to me in my room. I was studying all these psychology books, self-help books, recovery books, and saying, Lord, don't let me out until whatever this is, is gone. I don't want to be that person anymore. So I'm, I'm writing all these notes. I got books everywhere. And he, he said, the only thing that will change your old mindset is the word of God. Memorize a scripture a day. I said, I'm on it. I put those books away. <laughs> I got the Bible out and I started tabbing and I started just you know, like just getting awesome. into the word. And, awesome. and, and I created this little book. This isn't the one, but it's just like this. And, and I wrote every scripture that I remember, memorized from the beginning to the back. And it took me two hours and 40 minutes every day to read every single one of them. And I said, I'm going to do it every day. I did it. I worked so out. For two hours every morning, I started a class called Daughters of Zion, Women of God Using Your Time Wisely. They saw me happy, skipping, laughing, singing. And they're like, how can you be happy? You're in prison. I said, I'm not in prison anymore. I said, uh -huh. I was in prison out there. I'm free. I said, and they're like, show us, teach us. We don't know how to change. Wow. Teach us what, what you're doing. So God was showing me these, mem these uh, mirror imaging. And through the memorization, they're like, um, the Lord taught me to pray scripture, right? So he says, the, the word doesn't return to me void. They said, how do you pray? I said, okay, Holy Spirit, you heard they need a prayer sheet. So this beautiful prayer sheet came, he downloaded it, a faith sheet, an I am sheet. So I'm distributing these. And then a guard says, you can't do that. It's got your name and your telephone number on it. And I said, well, let me give it to the warden. See what she says. She says, get this in everybody's hands. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Yeah. <clears throat> so okay. then I went to the counselor when, when I was given my, I've, I've got a whole lot of stories in this, this prison time that I was there. That is miraculous as well with a liver that they told me that I had hepatitis C and nobody ever told me that when I was in, in the hospital. And so I was like, Oh no. So the Lord took me to the word, you know, and he, he gave me all kinds of scriptures on on healing and, healing and that I am made whole already. So I started praying those out, putting my name in it. And, and I, I would go to get checked every month. And <clears throat> thing was that they told me I didn't have enough time to get the shots. Praise God. <laughs> you know, and, oh, yeah. and, and so, so when I go for the very last check, I, now mind you, I'm telling the doctor every time I go, I don't receive your words. Mm. Once you receive their words, the doctor's report, you have made agreement in the spirit realm. Right. You've opened right. the doors. Right. You've opened it. 
for the enemy to come in and cause more. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So stop making agreements with their reports. What does God's report say? Exactly. It's finished. Okay. That's right. That's right. So we got to go back to the word. So yes. I'm trying to make this as quick as possible. But as I was leaving the very last blood work they did, um, he's saying, oh, something's not right here. And I'm just smiling and I'm saying it's not there. And every time I would go, I was like, it's not there. I, I don't receive your report. So then he had the um, the nurse do another blood work. And she's smiling, too, because we talked about the Lord all the time. And I told her I don't receive it. So so he takes it and he's he's really just scrambling through the papers. And he's saying he's looking at me really mad and and he slams it down. And he says, looks like your Jesus healed you. Get oh, wow. out. Wow. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Well, you, you yeah, have, so I have to share that. Yeah. You, you really learned to just immerse yourself in the truth of God's word. And while you're in prison, you're impassioned now to be able to give that to others. Elevated faith. Which I'm, I'm assuming led you to start your ministry, uh, which is Life Changers Legacy. And uh, you're holding up to the camera here on YouTube. Incentive, Incentive Mentorship, Mentorship Program. Program. Yes. So Talk a little bit about that because that's having such an impact on those women who are in prison and an opportunity that you've recruited others to minister to them by way of your program. Yes. So discipleship is disciplined learning. It's disciplined learning, right? So so while I'm in there and, and they're in this class and they're they're wanting more, I'm I'm thinking, okay, I'm taking all kinds of notes from every preacher that I'm listening to, yeah. right? And then I, I go to the counselor and I said, I want to, I want to create a, a program and, you know, my class to stay here and I'm going to come back and, and do this. And she's like, well, you can't do that. You got to take it with you. So I said, I'm going to be back. I am going to be back in here. And I knew it. It was a prophetic word and I just knew it. So then I got out and I started this. Uh, I was mentoring them. I, I was the one mentoring them. And then it was just like, I got a job at an engineering company and for four years. And I was like, he was great though. He was allowing me to actually create my workbooks there at the office after he finished all the work. So he was, he was great. But um, then I was like, you know, I need other mentors. I got to get other people to do this. I can't keep emailing them myself and, and, you know, wanting growth in their life. So and that was all it was, just an email platform mentoring. And then I started the workbooks and, and started pulling all the notes of everything that I had learned. And then I was getting some of the workshops that I'd been to, to actually write pieces so that I could just put their piece in there and I wouldn't have to you know, reinvent the wheel. Right. So, so I did that and I created four phases of this workbook and it's walking alongside somebody in prison. It's 12 to 18 month commitment. Wow. And it takes 30 minutes to an free. hour a week, 30 yes. minutes to an hour a week through email or video visit, mm. writing wow. letters, sending cards. So the I see me free program is, is one that they can do through zoom or whatever. And are you, um, are, are you speaking with them as they're in prison and going through the whole Bible study? It's basically a study. I mean, well, it has all the therapeutic interventions of the psychotherapy. It has the trauma recovery empowerment model, the cognitive behavior, critical thinking, stages of change, emotional intelligence, internal family systems. It has it has everything that's needed for the psychotherapy, but it's awesome. infused with the word of God. 
Yes, it has exactly. memory verses for every week. It, I mean, it's, it's That's just so good. Is, okay. Is so, terrible. so with that said, and I'm, I'm excited about that because mm-hmm. I know you're helping so many. Can you share uh, maybe just one story of someone that has gone through uh, the IC Me Free program that has made a big difference? Just, a, just, just really in a quick, short amount of time. Yes. Okay. Very short. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, this, this one's not short. So, so I'll have, <laughs> yeah, but, but there's so many. I love your passion. We, we have, we have a December 11th event in Alpharetta, Georgia. That is, is my 60th birthday and it's my 10 year ministry celebration. <laughs> and if you're interested, you can go to lifechangerslegacy.net. And you can register there. So many countless stories are going to be in that, that venue. Mm. And, and one is a lady who she wound up on life support for a month and a half. She went back. She, she got out. She came to my program. She, I was in prison with her and, um, and she got involved and then she relapsed and, and didn't hear from her for a quite some time. And then she came back and then she went again. And this time I I get a call, I get a text and she says, I'm dying. I just came off life support a month and a half in the hospital, three months. She said, I need help. She said, I I only had your telephone number in my head and I kept calling your telephone number out. That's all I could say. She couldn't even talk. She was texting me. And, and so I said, I want to pick you up. I want to get you baptized tomorrow. And then I want to, excuse me, I want to get you on this health and wellness protocol because we've got that is a big thing that I'm involved in health and wellness. They need aminos, micros, greens, proteins. They need this to restore the brain. They're they're lacking. They're not releasing. Talking my language, sister. <laughs> they're not releasing the right amount of serotonin and dopamines to to fill those heal. places. So, mm-hmm. right. And so that is the protocol that I gave her. I said, you've got to do this every day. I want you to just walk just just to the mailbox to start because she was really blown up still. She lost all her fingers and just a whole bunch of stuff happened. My mentee coordinator, she's worked for me for a year and a half and her daughter went through my program as well. And she's phenomenal. Her name's Laurieann and that's it's amazing. Just beautiful. It's a beautiful people, trend, leaving out a lot. Yeah. The seeing people healed and set free yeah. is is well, remarkable. What a great celebration you're gonna have. Uh yes. I mean, you get to celebrate your birthday <laughs> yes. plus 10-year anniversary yeah. with just all of these transformed lives, uh, and all of them reflecting the grace of God at work in very mm-hmm. real ways, changing lives. And uh, I think so that's probably why you you just keep lighting fires wherever you go, because you keep seeing the evidence of what God is able to do if we'll surrender and make Jesus Lord. Yeah. And you're that's so awesome. passionate about it. So thank you for sharing your passion, uh, the stories with us. And um, yeah. So I'm what, guessing, oh, you want to go back uh, to uh, well, I'm just guessing us is going to be right alongside of her during this celebration. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, how, how long have the two of you been married? We've been married seven years, coming seven up on years, eight. Okay. Awesome. Yes. And awesome. what a, I mean, talk about a power couple that's yeah. just a dynamic duel because Haas and his <laughs> ministry for years and, and your tenure explosion of ministry. Uh, I mean, this, this just gives God such glory yes. uh, watching the two of you at work together on his behalf. I yes. mean, it just, it's inspiring Pamela. And it, it, it speaks to each one of us that there's always more that we can do yes. if we'll just surrender and we'll trust the Lord. 
Yeah. And you Amen. two walking together uh, in, in the spirit and doing the ministry work that he's called you to do. It's just powerful. So yes. uh, we, we continue to speak blessings over you and your ministry and um, Austin's as well. But thank you for sharing your passion. Thank and you. uh, people can go and learn more at um, it's lifechangerslegacy.net. And, right? and yes. get all the info yes. there. Perfect. And if you want to jump in on that event, you've still got time. You can register there. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Thank you. Well, God bless you. And thank you for sharing. Thank you for your passion. And um, you're just such a model. So thank you. you I'm sorry. We didn't have time to talk about how we met. It was divine. It was at a movie premiere called captive. Really? Okay. Wait, hurry. Five seconds. Okay. (laughs) Yes. I'll get it quick. I'm a quicker. Yeah. Okay. Um, So, so I wasn't going to this. I I was devastated. I was on this 30 acre property and I had said, I'm not going, but then this lady, she called and she was very excited for me to go. And so I said, okay. So we walk in and this little powerhouse that I was with, uh, yeah, Polly Harper, sorry, Polly Harper. She looks over and she says, oh, Oz Hillman. She said, oh, how long has it been? Three years? And and so they get talking and she says, I want you to meet Pamela Winderweedle. That was my last name. Winderweedle. Vinda Vitel. I gotcha. Yeah. And, uh, and, and she's, th- this is how she introduced me. I want you to meet Pamela Winderweedle. She has a contract, a movie contract on her life story. Mm. And since you know the producer here, maybe you can help her with that. That's how she introduced me. And, and I was like, so, so he hands me his card and he's, well, first he says, would merit a movie about your life. <laughs> I said, uh-huh. very wow. complicated. It's yeah. a very long story. And he hands me his card and I hand him my card. Uh-huh. We meet a couple of days later. He lived two exits from where my engineering company I worked at was. Wow. So we met and he's handing me books. He's handing me CDs. And I'm like, I'm moving from a 30 acre property, a big place. I, I'm not going to have time for all this, but I'll read the devotional. <laughs> but, and then it just, you know, and I didn't even know, I didn't even know who he was because mm-hmm. I didn't look as, at his website. Cause like I said, I was moving from this big, big acreage that had a big warehouse and computers and kilns. And I was setting up for, you know, the ministry there and the funding didn't go through. So, well, but you guys just hit it off. I mean, I, yeah. Oh my gosh, it was divine. We got confirmation of the Hawks. I get Hawks every day. So, and, and just confirmation after confirmation and we live happily ever after. Oh, praise God. <laughs> I love it. And I he is it. your Boaz. Right. Oh my gosh. I was praying for my Boaz up on the yeah. mountain where I was for 30 on the 30 acres for a year. I was praying God. Oh, and he told me to apply scripture and all the attributes that I wanted in a man. Mm. And he met every single attribute Aww. and more. Yeah, Praise but, God. but this I is what that. the Lord said. He says, I, I brought you full circle from a hill. My maiden name was hill to a hill man. Oh, Our last wow. name was Hillman. That's <laughs> cool. he, said, he said, I, I brought you not just a Boaz, a Boaz. Boaz, but a Boaz. Boaz. Oh, there you go. I love it. <laughs> so, That's perfect. Yes, That's great. God's sense of humor. All yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, it thank is you for beautiful. sharing. Oh, man. All yes, right, sweetie. Um, God bless you. And we will uh, be in touch to, uh, soon. But thank you for sharing with our audience. And um, yes, yeah, tell you. us hello. Okay. Yeah, give him a hug okay, I will. Okay. All right. Thank take you care. Guys. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Bye. See you.
Oh my goodness. What a story, right? Like, I mean, she has been through it. Like she's just so passionate. Like she, we could talk to her for hours and hours and hours. Yes. Yes. I mean, I love her. Uh, She just bubbles over. Yeah. uh, With the Holy spirit. Because when you, again, when you, when you think about what she's been through, and I think probably every single one of us who walked with the Lord for a while can point back certain places where we quote relapsed. Yeah. relapsed yeah. into sort of the, an old lifestyle or maybe Even just a way of thinking yeah, right? an old mindset. Yeah. And we keep forgetting that the grace of God mm-hmm. is, is, is limitless. Yeah. It's always sufficient no matter what. So mm-hmm. one of the encouraging things that comes through her story is that it's never too late and you can always have a breakthrough if you are willing to ask God for his help. I mean, here's our loving father who's got a plan and a purpose for you. And if we will believe that and trust that, God will always give us a second chance, a third chance, as many chances as we need. Yeah. And, uh, and what a beautiful example of that she it is. It is. I mean, she was, or she is, she was, she is, and, and yes, she is. But I was thinking about the title of her program, I See Me Free. Yeah. And so um, maybe if you're listening, you just need to see yourself free. Mm-hmm. There's a there's power in that. And sometimes we just can't see ourselves free. And that's part of the the puzzle. So see yourself free and get around those that can help you uh, and pull you through it. And she mentioned accountability and mentorship and all of that. That's so important to, to get around quality people to get yeah. into that space so you can really break free of of the maybe the prison you've put yourself in. Yeah. And if you want to find out more and yes. get interested or involved in her ministry and yes. prison ministry, yes. life changers legacy. Yes. We hope you enjoyed this episode of your biggest breakthrough and uh, we will catch you next time. Same time, same time, same place right here. So glad you could join us today and you'll find a new episode every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you've been encouraged by listening or viewing, would you just take a moment and give us a five-star rating and a quick review? That'd be so awesome. Yeah. And also please share this with your friends and loved ones. If you have comments or questions, or if you're looking for an advertising opportunity, please get in touch with us at yourbiggestbreakthrough.com. Or if you'd like to optimize your health and wellness, you can work directly with Wendy. Go to wendypat.com. Or if you're a guy and you're interested in mentoring and coaching, go to toddisburner.com. We look forward to having you join us on our next episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough.